Speaking for Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. My name is Ed Peters. Now today we move on in our study in the Gospel of Matthew to chapter 4. This chapter deals first with the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, then the beginning of his public ministry at Capernaum, then the calling of four of his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. Let's begin now by following the movement of the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus came down to be born among us and so to be identified with us. He grew up as any other child would except that he was harmless and without sin. Now in his baptism he has been identified with us. He has put on our sin. Now he is going to be tested because there are some real questions to the answer. Is the king able to withstand a test? And can he overcome? So that brings us now to the opening verses of chapter 4, where we are given the answer. The opening 11 verses of this fourth chapter cover the temptation of Christ, and we begin today with verses 1 through 4, the first of these temptations. And Matthew writes as follows. Then Jesus was led out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted there by Satan. For forty days and forty nights he ate nothing and became very hungry. Then Satan tempted him to get food by changing stones into loaves of bread. It will prove that you are the Son of God, he said. But Jesus told him, No, for the scriptures tell us that bread won't feed men's souls. Obedience to every word of God is what we need. Dr. McGee makes the following statement concerning the threefold temptation of Jesus. 
Another really interesting feature of this temptation is the comparison and contrast with the testing of Eve in the Garden of Eden. The first test, and this will be our focus on today's study, was physical. Eve saw that the tree was good for food. See Genesis 3, 6. Now, here in verses 2 and 3 of Matthew chapter 4, Christ is told to turn stones into bread. In 1 John 2, 15 and 16, John says that such temptation for the Christian is due to the love of the world over the love of the Father. Verse 16 reads, For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. It is my opinion that more and more people are coming to accept the existence and the reality of a non-material world. The rise of the movement or attitude called the New Age, with the emphasis of many within it on the occult, has drawn attention to a realm of the spirit. Old rationalistic thought left little or no room for another plane of existence. Suddenly the idea of a personal devil is no longer so wild. The Bible was right after all. The Bible writers speak about a personal devil or a Satan, a slanderer. He is not just an impersonal force. Jesus had an encounter with him, recorded by Matthew in chapter 4 of the first gospel. He writes it this way. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's chapter 4, 1 to 4. According to tradition, this incident happened near Jericho. God had said of Jesus, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. At Jesus' baptism, just preceding this encounter with Satan, Jesus was clearly identified as the Son of God, as a Son of David, as the suffering servant of Isaiah 42 and 53 in Psalm 2, as Messiah, and as representative of the people. Now came the devil to him in the desert. Jesus had fasted for 40 days without any food, only water. Since Jesus had been called the Son of God by God himself, Satan challenged him at that point. Interesting. It is precisely at that point that many stumble at Jesus. How can he be the Son of God? John in chapter 3.16 of the Gospel wrote, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only, his unique Son. Actually, in the baptism account of Jesus, all three persons of the Godhead are clearly evident, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Now the devil came to Jesus and tested him at the point of his sonship. He wasn't questioning his sonship. Evidently, the devil knew that to be a fact. He accepted Jesus as the Son of God, but 
since Christ was God, would he act independently of the Father? He tested Jesus to see if he would use his powers, powers that would rightfully his as God, in which case Jesus would have to abandon the mission God had for him, which involved this fast. It was God's will that Jesus should not eat. Now Satan said, Jesus, you are God. You have the power. You're very hungry. Turn these stones into food. Evidently, Satan knew that if he could get Christ to act independently of God the Father now, then Christ would act independently of God when it came time for the cross. Jesus as the Son, although a member of the triune Godhead, would simply say to God the Father, I don't want to go your way, it's too painful. In divine mystery, Christ learned obedience by suffering. At the very beginning of Christ's ministry on earth, Satan looked ahead and tried to ruin the purpose for which Jesus came, to redeem people, to save people from their sin. If Jesus had given in to this desire for food, certainly he would give in to his desire not to suffer when it came time for it on the cross. This was a crucial test for Jesus. He could have surrendered the very purpose of his God-given mission to die for all humans. Obedience and submission to the will of God was the issue. At this point, God wanted Christ to have stones and not bread. Sometimes it is better to have stones than bread. In the will of God, stones, whatever they may be, are better than food. Stones within the will of God are preferred to bread outside of the will of God. Make your own applications. So this was a test for Jesus as the Son of God, acting independently of God. Jesus countered Satan with Scripture, the Word of God. Jesus said, it is written. That's the best response to the personal devil, it is written. What does God say? That's what's important. What does God want? It's not what I want. It's not my appetite that has to be satisfied. This is precisely where our culture counters God's way of thinking. I heard a marriage counselor say recently to a verbally abused wife, You're number one. You do what's good for you. Leave the bum, the counselor said. I knew what she meant, but I cringed a little. Finally, for the Christian, it's what God wants. And I must say, sometimes God wants us to have stones when we'd like bread. It was the Father's will for Christ to be hungry in the desert. Jesus said to Satan, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. There are proper times and places for miracles, but never to gratify our selfish desires. It is customary for the tempter, Satan, to use common and innocent desires in wrong ways. It didn't work with Jesus. Jesus quoted from Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, God caused Israel to go hungry. Israel wanted food in the desert. God gave it, but in his time. He wanted them to know that obedience to him was far more important than the satisfaction of personal desires, even legitimate needs. Sometimes stones are better than bread. 
mean nothing at all. What's new is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.